Good morning, Reformation. We had a slight mix-up. Um, I failed to hit record properly um, the first time I preached this sermon, but I wanted to make sure that the audio file uh, made it to the website and uh, iTunes. So I'm going to re-deliver uh, the sermon to an empty office, um, but just to make sure that we have an audio version of it. And so as we gather this morning, we give thanks to God and we praise God for the beauty of music, for the chance to be here this morning, to worship God in spirit and truth. We praise God for mountaintop moments in our faith journey, those big moments when we know that God is real and when we feel the Holy Spirit moving in our presence. But here's the thing, church. We must give God praise for those mountaintop moments, but we must also acknowledge that our journey of faith is filled with highs and lows, ups and downs, with mountaintop moments and journeys through the valley of the shadow of death. We're going to be talking about the ups and downs, the highs and lows this morning because both are important parts of our faith. Our scripture passage this morning is one that you might be familiar with, Psalm 23. I've titled the sermon, Mountains and Valleys. Please pray with me. May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. Send your living word to walk amongst us now, to challenge our assumptions, to set our hearts ablaze, and to make us whole again. Amen. I want to begin with a story uh, that took place the summer after my junior year of high school. During the summer, I went to camp. It was one of the first times that I, it was the first time actually that I went to this particular camp. I'd been to other ones before, but it was my first time going to this specific camp that I'm going to tell you about. And I was a little nervous. The good news is that I had some friends who were going to be there, and I also knew some of the staff at the camp because of different synod of youth events that I had attended in the past. But I was still nervous, still anxious. And thankfully, it became clear shortly after arriving on site at camp that I had nothing to worry about. This was going to be a great week filled with old friendships and new friendships. And that's exactly what happened. It was an incredible week in so many different ways. The weather was perfect. There were so many fun and funny moments that took place. So many new friends that I made. So many old friends that I reconnected with. There was time playing games and swimming in the lake. Everything was just great. But on the last night of camp, something important happened. It happened during our cabin's end-of-the-day devotional. See, my camp counselors would do this every single night. It was part of the things that they did at this camp. Before we went to bed, the whole cabin would get together, and the counselors would lead us through some sort of short Bible study devotional piece. That night, during this last night of camp, maybe it was just because I had the entire week playing through my mind, you know, a a whole list of memories during that devotional that was just coming to mind. But I was overwhelmed with this deep sense of God's presence during that devotional. I mean, it really, it must have been just all the joy and the grace of that week building up and finally overflowing during that lesson from my counselors. But whatever the reason, that moment is one that I still point to in my life when I just knew that God was real, that God loved me, that God was with me. It's what some would call a mountaintop moment in your faith journey. 
You've heard this phrase before, I'm sure, those mountaintop moments of faith that describe that people describe when they are filled with the Spirit, when they're feeling so close to God, those thin spaces where heaven and earth seem to meet. And it's not just people today who have these experiences. The truth is that the Bible is actually filled with literal examples of these mountaintop moments. Noah's Ark, it settled on the top of a mountain after all of that flood nonsense. Moses received the Ten Commandments on top of Mount Sinai. Jesus was transfigured in front of Peter, James, and John on the top of a mountain. Mountaintop moments are undeniably a part of our life of faith, a part of our story of faith. There is nothing wrong with experiencing God in these big, magical ways. But you knew that was coming. Mountaintop moments are not the only way that people can connect with God. Mountaintop moments cannot be the sole focus of our faith. If we are not careful, we begin to believe that these great moments of closeness to God are what we always need to be feeling. Or or we start to think that if we don't have a big, important God moment, that if we haven't experienced God in this way, that somehow we're doing something wrong, that we aren't faithful enough, that we aren't good enough Christians to have an experience like that. I remember... In the months and really the whole year following that great moment at camp, I actually became really sad and even a bit angry that I wasn't able to connect with God again in that type of way. At first, I thought there was something wrong with me. And so I dedicated myself to daily prayer, daily scripture reading, but that didn't work. And so then I started to think that there was something wrong with God. Why wouldn't God show up like God had before? Did I just imagine all of that the first time back at camp? Did any of this church stuff even really matter? Reformation, it's because of our sinful human nature that this type of stuff happens. God gives us a gift, a moment where heaven and earth meet a moment of God's undeniable presence and grace among us. And what do we do? So often we try and turn that moment into some sort of commodity. We try and turn that mountaintop experience into something that is mass produced or hoarded or replicated. We want that feeling of closeness with God to come to us again and again and again as if it's some sort of drug. I remember being really frustrated in that year after my mountaintop experience at camp because I wanted to have a repeat performance. I was looking and waiting and expecting God to show up in a similar way as God had at camp that night, and it just didn't happen. And that's because, Reformation, mountaintop moments are just that. They are moments in our faith journey. God does not intend for these moments to be the entire journey. And we must be careful not to allow ourselves to be so focused on chasing after a feeling that we don't notice all the other ways that God is truly faithful and present in our lives. I can say from experience that when you start to think that mountaintop moments are all that matters, you'll quickly find yourself falling down the mountain. 
perhaps this is where you currently find yourself, falling down the mountain. Maybe it's because you just can't get back to that feeling that you once had about God. Or maybe it's something completely different. Maybe there's some doubt or some pain in your life or some event that's making you feel as if God has forgotten you. The good news is that we can bring all of this pain, all of this frustration, all of these emotions to God this morning. I I want you to do that. It's taken me a long time to get to our scripture reading for today, but we had to set this up. I want you to be in touch with those difficult emotions those feelings you might have about God having forgotten you, God not showing up in the ways that you expect or want, those feelings of pain and doubt and struggle. And I want us to bring all of those emotions to our reading for today. It's that famous division of Psalms, Psalm 23. I've read it at nearly every funeral I've ever presided at. But so often that's how we think about Psalm 23. And I want us today to realize that this isn't just a a verse for the dying. This is a verse that also has so much to tell us about our day-to-day journey of faith. Let's read it together. It's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. These short six verses provide us with a powerful picture of our God. God is our shepherd, a figure who guides and cares and protects the sheep in his flock from danger. And sometimes the shepherd is right next to the sheep, pulling them in and getting them out of trouble. But other times the shepherd gives the sheep room to roam. The important thing, church, is that the shepherd is always there. Christ, the good shepherd, might seem close at some moments and distant at others, but the important point is that Christ will forever remain our shepherd. Christ will forever guide and protect and care for us, his wandering sheep. This is good news, church. That's an important promise for us to cling to despite whatever we might be feeling from one day to the next. The promise, though, that I really want us to think about this morning is what we read in verse 4. Because while it's important to know that God is forever our shepherd, the reality, it goes even deeper than that. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. (coughs) Now, when I was a kid, maybe about five or six, there would be times when I'd get scared at night trying to fall asleep. You know, maybe I'd hear a noise outside of my house or, you know, our house would creak in some funny way in the wind or, or maybe I saw something on TV, right? Like I watched Indiana Jones and it kind of freaked me out. 
so my mind and imagination is running away with itself. Whatever the reason would be, this would happen every now and then. I'd be trying to fall asleep and I'd be scared. My imagination would have worked something so big up in my mind and I'd just be scared of what was happening. And I don't know why I started to do this. It's probably because I spent so much time at church growing up, but for whatever reason, when I would get to this point where my imagination had totally gotten out of control, I would just make a cross with my two pointer fingers like this. And I'd hold it over my heart. That's it. Just me, six years old, lying in bed, holding up a cross. I didn't totally understand what I was doing, but I knew that the cross of Jesus was going to protect me from my fears. It was such a strange thing. I didn't actually have anything to be afraid of, but in my head, there was a lot to be afraid of. And just that simple cross, it it worked. It was enough to calm my fears and anxieties so I could fall asleep. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. We know that God is with us in the mountaintop moments because we can feel it. We know that God is right there next to us. That's part of what makes it a mountaintop moment. But we, church, must never forget that God is with us in the valleys as well. When fear starts to take over, when death presses in, when our anxiety gets overwhelming, when our imagination pulls us out of reality, when nothing seems to be working, God is there. The darkest valleys of our life are the precise moments when God promises to show up. And it is this fact, this reality that should lead us to reconsider what we focus on in our faith journey. The mountaintop moments are great, but it's our journeys through the valley that can teach us so much more about ourselves and about our God. God will walk with us through the valleys. And so that means that our tragedies, our traumas, our anxieties, while they were not caused by God or designed by God, these difficult valley moments are the soil on which transformation can take place. To say it another way, God doesn't cause our pain or sorrow, but God cares for us in those troubling times. And God uses those moments to bring us in to an entirely new way of life. There are a lot of churches out there that put a strong emphasis on ensuring that you experience God whenever you come to church. They have fancy lights and fancy worship bands, and if you're not paying attention, you might think that you accidentally walked into a concert rather than a church service. They have large stages, and they design their gatherings in hope that when you come to church on Sunday, you'll have a mountaintop moment. And that's fine. That, that's what they do, and I'm grateful for every church that proclaims the gospel of Jesus. If that's their way of doing it, wonderful. But here's the thing. The Lutheran church has a slightly different focus. In some ways, we do here as a Lutheran church. We focus on having good music so that you can have a mountaintop experience. But as Lutherans, we know that God shows up in our valleys as well. And we design our worship so that that message can be communicated too. Our worship service is set up to show the ways 
that God is walking with you through your valleys. Every week, we gather together for the order of confession and forgiveness. Every week, we take time to remember that we are sinful, but that God has forgiven our sin, that God still stands with us despite our disobedience. Every week, we gather for communion to remember, right, as Psalm 23 says, that the Lord has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Every week we gather at that table that God has prepared for us to hear the words of promise again, to hear that Jesus gave his body and his blood for our sake. God is with us in the valleys. And as Lutherans, we get together to remember and celebrate that fact in a variety of ways. And let's acknowledge one more thing. It's Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that shows us how true that is. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross shows us that God is in the mountains and the valleys. Christ was lifted up high upon a cross on a mountain outside of town. And yet, when Christ was lifted up, all his disciples scattered throughout the valley because it looked like evil and death had won. And yet, that moment of Christ's sacrifice, while it could be considered maybe the darkest moment of our Christian faith, it is in fact the brightest moment. Jesus died on a cross, but the death was not the ending. It should have been the moment when evil and fear and despair won forever, but instead God turned that dark, dark moment into an eternal victory. Jesus' death on the cross was not an ending. It was the beginning. Jesus' death on the cross is the eternal reminder of the unwavering, unrelenting love of God. This is how far God's love can go. This is how far God will go for our sake. No hill is too high. No mistake is too great. No situation is too hopeless. No valley is too dark for the power of God in Christ Jesus. God took that moment of tragedy and made it a victory. And so that means, church, that all of our tragic, difficult, painful, heart-wrenching moments that we find in this journey of faith, those moments are actually saturated with God's presence and love. Thanks be to God, the good shepherd, who guides us to life's joyous mountaintop moments and who walks beside us in life's darkest valleys as well. Amen.